Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Primal Potential Podcast, the incremental anti-diet solution for effective permanent weight loss. Primal Potential is committed to helping you overcome emotional eating, hormonal imbalances, unhealthy habits, and your dieting mindset through education and inspiration. We don't just talk about what you should eat and what you should avoid. We talk strategy. Primal Potential is bridging the gap between knowing and doing. Each episode will leave you with concrete tips for making positive changes that make a difference. Primal Potential is here to help you lose weight, get healthy, and master fat loss naturally. Hey there, welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am your host, Elizabeth Benton, and I am pretty much bouncing with excitement right now because... I'm one of the biggest dorks that you will ever meet. I love science, and I know that many of you prefer the motivational and inspirational mindset episodes, and I like those too. They're really important, and I stand by the fact that one of the most important things to tackle is why you eat and not what you eat in terms of the emotional influencers that trigger us to overindulge. But I also think that understanding what is happening in your body is critical. When we understand, for example, what eating carbohydrates in the morning does to our hunger and our cravings and our fat burning potential, we definitely think twice about making that choice or deciding to defer those carbs to later in the day. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, go back and listen to episode seven. Or When you understand the way that cortisol and melatonin work like a seesaw, it's easier to make smart choices during the day to support your sleep quality. And again, if you totally have no clue what I'm talking about, check out episode 16. That's a good one. So I think that understanding the science helps us to understand fat loss and therefore helps us to make better choices. That is when we need to practice motivation and discipline and affirmations to ensure that we consistently make those better choices. So I argue that the science matters and I really like it and this is free so I get to do what I like. For those of you who love this kind of stuff, hey friend, we're totally kindred spirits. And for those of you who don't, give it a chance, right? If you get excited over it, I'll feel like I've won a prize or something like that. So humor me. Now, most of you know that in my pre-primal potential career, I worked in the dietary supplement industry and I get tons of requests to talk about supplements and mm, someday, someday, we'll, we'll get there. Um, in general, I'm not going down that rabbit hole, but in general, I think they're not big rocks and I would rather see you spend your money on quality food than on supplements that may or may not be high quality, but regardless. Um, 
So I used to work in the supplement industry, and that's that's actually kind of a narrow way to classify the types of things that I did. I did work with dietary supplements, but I also worked with personal care products, with home cleaning products, with pet supplements. And one of my personal passions and sources of frustration was a genetic analysis product. And basically, via a cheek swab, it did an analysis of variations within your genetic code to tell you what kinds of diet and lifestyle changes you could make to improve the expression of your genes. And more on that in a second. But that's where my love of this kind of information came from. Now, it's been around for for a while, right? This isn't anything groundbreaking. And I used to give presentations years ago explaining this particular product that I worked with. And I took most of the competitors' products, right? I took their analysis and studied their reports and their recommendations. And I dove really deep into the research. And I got really excited about the information. And I think the reason that it got me so excited is because for a long time, I just thought that I was like the big boned girl destined to have weight problems, right? I was a chubby baby resembling kind of a even more overfed Shirley Temple. Um, And I was a heavy kid, even though I was pretty active and even athletic. And doctors told my mom that I was always very healthy, but I had always been bigger than my sister. And I thought that I always would be. And I created a very unhealthy perception that I did not have much control. I might as well enjoy food and make jokes at my own expense because my situation was fixed. And I believe that held me back, believing that I was just fat, destined to be fat, really, really held me back. I know it did. And I had to fight to overcome those beliefs. And a big part of what helped me overcome them was understanding the power of our genes and the science of something called epigenetics and nutrigenomics. Big words, but we're going to break them down. And I know I'm not the only one who has some of those mental hangups in that area. Lots of you wonder if you're just destined to be fat, right? Your parents were big, your siblings were big, you've always struggled with your weight. And even for those of you who wouldn't characterize yourself as obese or even significantly overweight, but you've just always had that particular body shape or those love handles or those thunder thighs, which I prefer the term quadzilla, but you know, whatever. Um, And you feel like it's just in your genes. And you know what? That's not true. Yes, your genes are fixed, but their expression is not. The expression of your genes is determined by what's called your epigenome, which translates to above your genes. Your epigenome is significantly influenced by your diet and your environment and your lifestyle. And there's a real common analogy. It's not my favorite one. I'll give you my favorite one. But there's a real common analogy used to explain the difference between your genes, which are fixed, and your epigenome, which is not fixed. And they say that your genes are like your computer hardware, like the pieces, right? They're fixed. And your your hardware certainly determines a lot about the machinery, but the machine's capabilities, the bugs, the programs it can run, that is based on the software. So your genes are the hardware and your epigenome is the software influencing um, and programming your lifestyle, your health, the picture of who you are, how your body works, all of that. Another way, and this is how I used to explain it when I would give these product presentations years ago, is that your genes are like the genetic alphabet. 
used to make up your body's instruction manual. Everything from the color of your hair to the colors of your eyes to, you know, your bone density, um, your heart health, you name it, everything and anything. Your genes are this set of letters, this genetic alphabet that makes up your body's instruction manual. But you have the ability and what your epigenome is, is the way that you arrange the alphabet into words and phrases and sentences that give unique meaning to your cells, to your organs, to your entire body. And this matters because we might currently be making diet and lifestyle choices that really kind of sentence us to particular health conditions because they are instructing our body to express our genes in a particular way. But we have the power when we understand epigenomics and nutrigenomics that we can send different signals to our body by tweaking our diet and lifestyle to to instruct our genes differently. We can instruct our body to burn fat and get lean, stay healthy or be unhealthy. That is the power of the epigenome. And there's an even more specific science within epigenetics, and that is nutrigenomics. So epigenetics is how diet, lifestyle, and the environment affect the expression of your genes. And nutrigenomics looks specifically at food and nutrients and how they can go so far as to turn genes on or turn genes completely off. For real, on, off. There are specific dietary lifestyle and environmental influencers that can literally turn on or off the expression of our genes And in other cases, they can either dial it up so that expression is more amplified or dial it back so that the expression is minimized. So yeah, we might have the genetic potential or predisposition to a disease, but through epigenetics and or nutrigenomics, we can turn on or off that risk. That is why there are identical twins, identical human twins with totally different genetic expression, even though genetically they are identical. The expression of their genes is different. That's powerful. That is worth listening for. That's the kind of power I want to have so I can know how to take advantage of it. I mean, this just it gets me so, so crazy excited. I can't even stand it. All right. I've got to keep moving if I want to get through all of this stuff that I want to cover with you today. So I got most interested in this whole concept when I was studying um, a, an example from what are called the agouti mice. And I know that mouse science does not translate perfectly to human science. I get that, trust me. But I'm using this as an example. And then we'll talk from there about human application of this particular example. So the agouti mice, all right? I don't know, I'm guessing that most of you have not heard of this, but this is so cool. So these mice are genetically identical, okay? Yet some of them are brown and some of them are blonde. The blonde mice are obese and predisposed for diabetes and cancer, while the brown mice are lean and they do not have those same disease predispositions. But remember, they are genetically identical. So what's going on here? Well, we know what's going on, and it is that something, and we know what it is, is impacting the expression of their genes in different ways. So there's something called the agouti gene, and all mammals have this gene, although, of course, its expression is different across different species, right? So 
Certain dietary and lifestyle factors can turn on the expression and other diet and lifestyle factors turn off the expression. And the factor in this case that is influencing the gene expression is something called methylation. Methylation is huge in terms of genetic expression in humans as well. And we're going to talk so much about that. And methylation is really becoming quite a buzzword in the supplement industry. Okay, we're going to get to some of the practical strategies in a few minutes, but let me explain how methylation impacts these mice. Basically, when this gene is unmethylated, the mice are blonde, obese, and predisposed to diabetes and cancer. But when the agouti gene is properly methylated, the mice are brunette and lean and have very low risk of diabetes and cancer. The major factor here is whether or not they were fed a methyl-rich diet, okay? And this is very true of humans and disease and obesity risk too. We're, We're going in that direction. The other cool thing that I find really fascinating is the impact of the diet fed to the pregnant mama mice, right, on the gene expression of their offspring later in their lives. So pregnant mice fed a methyl-rich diet more often gave birth to the brunette lean mice with the lower lifetime risk, right? And and the hair color thing doesn't translate to humans, but it's just how these mice are differentiated easily, um, other than their massive size differences. Um, But the pregnant mice-fed diets that were not methyl-rich gave birth to uh, mice that were more often blonde and obese with a higher lifetime disease risk. One more thing about the mice before we'll start talking about humans, and obviously, I mean, I'm much more concerned about people than I am about mice. Remember how in the estrogen episode and in the water episode, I talked about a toxin commonly found in plastics called BPA or bisphenol A. It's a known carcinogen, and it's also what's called an endocrine disruptor or a hormone disruptor. Most plastic water bottles um, will now actually advertise if they're BPA-free because so many people are trying to avoid that, and rightfully so. Um, The CDC recently found that about 95 percent of people have measurable levels of BPA in their body. So big problem that we all should try and avoid. Anyway, these scientists with the mice, they studied pregnant mice who were exposed to BPA and found out that they had a much higher and very statistically significant risk of having the obese blonde mice offspring, right, with the higher disease risk. And that they were their genes were were not methylated, but on the flip side, the pregnant mice uh, who who were not exposed to BPA did not have that problem. So what I love about this is that we can set up our unborn children for health and leanness or not. But even that's not a death sentence. I mean, for me, for example, my mom, as I'm told, was extremely malnourished during her pregnancy with me. And that's probably a big part of the reason that I had weight struggles. But I was able to overcome those challenges and literally change the expression of my genes by changing my diet and my lifestyle and my environmental influences. All right. So let's kind of take a turn here and talk about humans because, you know, that helps. And talk about methylation, because methylation is a huge part of genetic expression and this whole discussion of epigenome and nutrigenomics, okay? So 
methyl groups are, I mean, I've seen them, the best explanation I've seen for them is like, they're like tags that attach to your genes. And they're referred to often as epigenetic tags because they attach to the gene itself and they influence its expression. And epigenetics is just the study of diet and lifestyle and environmental factors that influence the expression of our genes. So they're very aptly called uh, epigenetic tags. So they attach to the gene and they can literally silence the genes. These methyl groups have the power to turn off these genes. And the flip side of that is the lack of these methyl groups can turn on these genes, okay? So again, as I said at the start, even if you have a genetic predisposition for something, you have the power in many cases to turn on or off the expression of that gene, and in many other cases to turn it up or amplify it or turn it down and minimize it. So methylation is basically a biochemical process in the body that is required for just about every system within your body. In fact, it happens billions of times every single second. Billions of times every single second. It influences pretty much everything. And there's a lot of nutrients that are required for this methylation process. Things like B vitamins, um, SAMe, all sorts of stuff. And we'll talk about some of those nutrients specifically. So in order to methylate properly and have optimal methylation going on in your body, you need to have enough B vitamins. This is a really big part of it. And when you don't have adequate B vitamins, not just one, there's more, I, I, I hope we all Maybe we don't. There are lots of different B vitamins. There's not just one. There are there are many B vitamins and you need most of them for these methylation pathways. Now, when we do not have enough, it impacts methylation. And that's when we see things like spina bifida, Down syndrome, miscarriage, osteoporosis, diabetes, cancer, um, dementia, depression, mood disorders, you name it. And, and if you're starting to think like, huh, B vitamins, spina bifida, that is why folic acid, well, scratch that, not folic acid, folate, they're different. Folate is so important for pregnant women because of this methylation pathway and the way it influences genetic expression. So kind of starting to put pieces of the puzzle together here. We have to make sure that we're getting enough of these B vitamins and don't instantly think supplementation. That's actually not the best answer here, but we'll talk about that in just one second. But we need this in order for methylation to happen in our body. And this is so important. It's happening so fast, billions of times every single second in our body. So let's look at some of the reasons that we need our methylation pathways firing on all cylinders. Again, this is because methylation has such a powerful influence on the expression of our genes. So methylation is required for detoxification. And this is actually something I learned about myself. So Basically, remember that we're always exposing ourselves to toxins in the air that we breathe, the foods we eat, the things we expose ourselves to in our drinking water or chemicals and cleaning products and personal care products, pharmaceuticals, OTCs. And there are two phases of detoxification in your body. Phase one is basically to neutralize the toxin and phase two is to eliminate it. 
Methylation is involved in phase two, eliminating the toxins. Methylation is basically how we convert the toxin into something that can easily be carried out via water in our body, either in urine or in sweat. So we absolutely positively need these methylation pathways functioning optimally for detoxification. I have an impaired ability in this phase two detox category, which is why I make it a real priority to have a diet rich in these methyl groups to support my body's ability to remove toxins. Now, this is something we talk about a lot. Methylation is required for hormone balance. And you know I love this because fat loss is all about hormone balance. And if you are not methylating properly, you cannot be hormonally balanced, especially as it relates to estrogen. Okay, so you must have optimal and healthy uh, methylation pathways and have that functioning right in order to achieve hormonal balance, especially with your estrogens. Um, Mood management, right? So dopamine and serotonin are two of our feel-good neurotransmitters in the body that influence mood um, and focus and help reduce our risk for depression and other mental health issues. And we need methyl uh, methylation in that pathway in order to generate dopamine and serotonin. Also for energy, because methylation protects your mitochondria. And you'll remember we've talked before about how the mitochondria are little, the powerhouse energy factories within each cell, right? And if you have impaired methylation, you will experience lower energy. And there's a whole lot more if you need convincing. I mentioned folate a few minutes ago, but this is not just about healthy pregnancies. It's actually about heart health. So the kind of short version of the story is that homocysteine is a marker of inflammation in your body, okay? And when homocysteine levels get too high, that can be really dangerous. Well, the way your body is intended to work is that through the process of methylation, homocysteine gets converted to methionine, another amino acid, which can then get converted to other amino acids. But without methylation or without adequate methylation, homocysteine can build up and cause major heart problems. Now, here's a challenge. About 55-0% of the population has a hard time with this methylation process here, converting homocysteine to methionine, and this puts people at higher risk for heart, de- heart disease, depression, and a whole bunch of other stuff. So supporting your methylation pathways can minimize these risks significantly. All right, so the key here going towards practical implementation, is that we need to support these methylation pathways within the body in order to kind of create this optimal epigenome that we want to so that we are supporting the best case scenario expression of our genes, right? Most people do not have enough methyl groups. And this can be because of poor diet or um, not consuming enough of the foods in the right ways to get those methyl groups, or just because of exposure to toxins uh, and even physical and emotional stress. So there are some foods that are very rich in these methyl groups, things like um, spinach, 
lamb, chicken, beets, but we want to avoid eating like dark greens are also great sources of these methyl groups, but it's really tough to absorb the methyl groups unless you cook them. So people who are like raw foodies or if you're eating a lot of salads, that's not the best way to get these methyl groups. You want to at least cook them gently to improve the absorption, okay? Another supplement uh, that is good is betaine, B-E-T-A-I-N-E. That helps uh, to provide these methyl groups. Now, I talked about B vitamins, and the best way to get your B vitamins is via food, all right? They are added to a lot of processed foods, but... But, 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 hear me, and this is why I'm always kind of wishy-washy about supplements, because it's not just the vitamin or mineral that the supplement is providing, it's the form. And in this case, we want the activated form or the methylated form so that you can get the methyl groups, right? So with some B vitamins, you can get a kind of blah form that your body can't do much with, or you can get the methylated form that is bioavailable for your body and provides these methyl groups like, hello, that's what you want. And a lot of supplements may just go low end because most consumers don't know the difference. And that's why I really recommend food sources. So when we're talking about the B vitamins that are part of this methylation process, and if you're missing out on any of these or you don't have adequate amounts on a regular basis, you're going to struggle. One more thing about B vitamins. Some vitamins are water-soluble and some vitamins are fat-soluble. Vitamins that are water-soluble, you cannot build up like storage of them in your body. Any excess that you consume will be excreted in your urine. So if you think, oh, well, you know, last week I did pretty good with those fresh fruits and vegetables. I should be good this week. You cannot store up water-soluble vitamins in your body, and B vitamins are water-soluble. Any excess that you consume will be excreted in your urine, and that's what will make your urine kind of that bright, bright color. Um, And so you need to be consuming these daily, daily, in food preferably, please. Okay, so the B vitamins that are the most important part of this methylation process, folate, which is also known as B9. There are lots of different B vitamins. Let's see, B1, 2, 3, 6, 9, 12. Um, So folate or B9. And this is not the same thing as folic acid. That's why I corrected myself earlier. Folic acid is synthetic. It is man-made. And it does not act the same way in your body. Eat whole foods. You want to be sure that you're getting folate from whole foods and not folic acid, okay? The other one is B12, also B6 and B2. If you are insistent on a supplement... Please hear me. Whole foods, please. Whole foods, whole foods, whole foods, whole foods. Um, But if you are insistent on a supplement, again, you want to make sure that you're getting those activated methylated forms of these vitamins. And that is not common because they are a lot more expensive and supplement companies know they compete on price. And so most products are garbage. So when it comes to folic acid and the form, you want to be getting methyl tetrahydrofolate. And I will put that in the show notes. You don't want folic acid. You want this activated methylated form, methyl tetrahydrofolate. Okay. Other forms, methylcobalamin, that is your B12, um, pyridoxal 5-phosphate, 
you want to be getting the activated forms and in when possible, the methylated forms, because any deficiency in these is going to impair your ability to methylate. Again, though, whole foods is really, really, really your best bet. Now, there are some things that are going to impair methylation in your body, even if your diet is perfect. So if you don't eat a lot of vegetables, that is going to reduce your exposure to methyl groups, okay? Also, if you are eating primarily raw foods, that is going to reduce your exposure to methyl groups because when they're in their raw form in raw vegetables, they are not absorbed as well. Sugar is going to impair your methylation pathways. Toxins, we talked about BPA, but this is where choosing organic is really helpful and minimizing your exposure to other toxins in plastics and things like that. Getting a water filter, like we talked about a couple of episodes. One other thing I want to mention um, is that men tend to have a more difficult time with methylation than females do. And so that is going to be even more important for men to focus on at least these lightly cooked vegetables uh, and avoiding sugar and avoiding toxins. Another thing that can impair methylation is over-consuming protein. And I've talked about this uh, at length on the blog. This is not something to think like, oh my gosh, I need to go vegetarian. No, 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 no know. But a lot of people, when they switch to paleo and primal, they instantly think that like meat becomes free and you can just eat it in excess. And really, we don't need more than a few ounces at each meal. All right. So going forward with practical implementation as far as what you can do to support methylation and really optimize your genetic expression. Number one, Dark leafy greens are going to be great. Uh, Beets are going to be great, but cook them lightly. Focusing on B vitamins and good sources of B vitamins are going to be fish and eggs, Uh, dark leafy greens again, asparagus, liver. Minimizing, or really that's a poor word, not over consuming protein products. You don't need to have six ounces of protein at breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and for two snacks. Um, Watching your alcohol consumption, and this is because it depletes your B vitamins. Alcohol metabolism really uses up B vitamins. It's required for breaking down alcohol into something non-toxic. And so if you are going to drink regularly, it is super way even more extra, extra, extra important that you focus on B vitamins, okay? Um... When you are taking these B vitamins, again, focus on whole foods or these activated forms. And then also not smoking. I mean, there's no reason uh, that you, anybody I would ever argue should smoke. But one thing that smoking does is it impairs uh, B vitamin absorption. So so definitely skip that. Now, I mentioned early on, and I'm sure I'm going to get this question, so I want to address it right off. If I recommend any of these like genetic tests that look at, not that look and say like, this is your risk for breast cancer. I'm not talking about those. There are a specific number of tests that look just at nutritional and exercise and uh, environmental toxin kind of factors, not like specific disease risk factors. I'm not talking about those tests, but do I recommend the tests that say you should eat more of this and you should exercise like this and whatever? And I'm going to tell you this. I actually don't recommend them. It's not that I don't think they're useful. Let me let me explain. So I've taken 
gosh, I don't know, seven or eight of these tests as research for my previous job. And I've read their reports and their recommendations thoroughly, as well as the reports and recommendations for some of my colleagues that took the tests. And here's what I find. The recommendations that they make, regardless, are really the same as the basic principles we teach about eating for hormone balance and eating for health and eating for leanness and longevity, right? So they talk about eating whole foods. They talk about eating more vegetables. They talk about reducing your exposure to toxins. So all the things we should be doing are the things that that is going to tell you to do. So like I learned for myself that I have impaired phase two detox. Well, one of the big things I can do for that is lose weight eat more vegetables, use filtered water, right? So those are all things that I should be doing for other health reasons. And so I want to make sure that you guys understand that if you spend a few hundred dollars on these tests, you're probably going to see recommendations that are all things that you can find from people who encourage a more primal lifestyle. Not that like paleo primal is the only way to go, but in terms of like eating whole foods, minimizing processed foods, eating less sugar, watching your alcohol consumption, getting more sleep, right? So do you see me there? I'm trying to save you a few hundred dollars here, right? Okay, so I hope that was helpful. Again, this is about optimizing the expression of your genes because what is in your genetic code is fixed, but we always, always, always have the power to influence the expression. So we might have disease risk or obesity risk programmed into our genes, but through good quality food choices and lifestyle choices, we can significantly reduce or eliminate our risk for these things. And that is powerful. And that is something we can do for ourselves. It's something we can do for our children if they are unborn. And that gets passed along. So this is powerful stuff. I hope you guys found this helpful. It would be great to hear from you and let me know what you think of this. If you have questions, if there are things I didn't cover, just hit me up and let me know. That's why I'm here. And until next time, stay healthy. Hey Houston, Khan's prices are invincible. That means prices have been cut low, as in amazingly low, as in won't be beat. In fact, we're backing it up with our low price guarantee. Invincible prices on appliances, furniture, electronics, mattresses, and more. Not invincible enough for you? How about free next day delivery on appliances, TVs, and mattresses? And payment options for everyone, whether you have good credit or building it. Visit Khan's today and find out what invincible feels like.